0: Hey, everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know, You can also find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 231 of Sorta Awesome. And you guys, I was just checking out Apple Podcasts the other day and I did not realize it, but Sorta Awesome now has over 1,000 ratings on Apple Podcasts. And I was so excited to see that. That means so much to the Sorta Awesome team because When you guys leave ratings and reviews for Sorta Awesome in Apple Podcasts, it kind of gives us a little bump for Apple Podcasts to tell other people who are searching for their next new favorite podcast about Sorta Awesome. So that means so much to us. And I want to tell you, thank you so much if you have taken the time to do that. And also don't forget a very, fast, easy, and completely free way to support Sorta Awesome. For those of you awesomes who are looking for ways you can support the show and you want to do it on a budget, do it frugally, It's just tell people about the show, whether it's your friends, your family, if somebody on social media starts a thread asking, what podcast are you guys into right now? give Sorta Awesome a little shout out. We love it so much and it means so much to us. Those are just a few of the ways that you can support the show. If you wanna check out some other ways to support Sorta Awesome, you can do that by going over to sortawesomeshow.com slash support. Okay, well, like I said, this is episode 231. You guys, I'm so excited about this show because I get to talk to my very dear friend, Jen Campbell. I'm gonna give you guys Jen's sort of official bio first. And then I want to have a little walk down memory lane with Jen about how long we have known each other through the wonders of the internet. So Jen is a passionate scrapbooker, photographer, and memory keeper. Jen and her husband, Dale, are both members of the Royal Canadian Air Force, and together with their two sons, they have lived across Canada and the United States. They currently call Ottawa, Ontario home. Jen, welcome to Sorta Awesome. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to get to talk to you. I was thinking, I was trying to remember, how long has it been since you and I met in the comments of a blog that we both read years ago? Do you
1: remember what year it was? So we were both pregnant. You were pregnant with AJ and I was pregnant with Nate. So it was like early 2000 and early 2007, right?
0: Yeah. Yes. So 12 years, that's crazy. Yes, exactly. Coming up on 13 years, I guess. So we have known each other. We did meet sort of in the comments of a blog that we were both reading. And then this was in the wonderful days of mom blogs and personal blogs, all of those, you know, ways that we were sharing about our lives. Jen and I were pregnant at the same time with a couple of our kiddos going through pregnancy together. And we have known each other through the years. We have emailed, we've been connected on social media. And then magically and unbelievably, (laughs) (laughs) Jen and her husband were stationed here in Oklahoma City. How long were you guys here in Oklahoma? I lost track.
1: Oh, three short years. <laughs> Too short. We loved it. Oh, it was yes. So we got to hang out yeah. in
0: real life, not as much as we would have liked to have,
1: but it was like the true, like the internet friend dream come true, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. I remember, I think twice before we actually moved to Oklahoma City, I had yes. sent you messages saying, we might be posted to Oklahoma City. And then it didn't happen. And then finally I was like, we're actually coming. I'm yes, so excited.
0: Exactly. So one thing that I have known about Jen that I've watched her grow in this over the years, and I totally look to her as an expert and a guru in this topic, is how to do an excellent job of documenting your life, your everyday life. And Jen, I didn't tell you this when we were talking about this planning this episode, but I have wanted to have you come on Sort of Awesome for a long time to really give us the rundown on how all of us can be more awesome about documenting our own lives. So I'm so excited that you have time to like just carve out and come and talk about this topic because I know it is something you're passionate about.
1: It definitely is. Thank you. I'm honored to be here and know I could talk about this topic forever. So <laughs> I'm so I'm excited. happy to share. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, we're going to get to all of that in just a minute, you guys. I have
0: some very specific questions that I want Jen to talk about, like some answers she can give us, some directions she can give us, as well as just like some big picture philosophies about why we document our lives and just kind of help us have the right mindset about it. So we're going to get to all of that in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. It's the moment in the show where we take a little time to talk about the books and TV shows, movies, podcasts, products, whatever it is that's making life a little bit more awesome this week. Jen, I have no idea what you brought to the show, but I can't wait to hear about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I'm not a super big pop culture guru, (laughs) but in this month of... Post Christmas New Year that has gone on forever. One thing that I have been loving while my husband was out of town and I had more time to Mm -hmm. uh, sit down in front of a screen was Dr. Oakley, Yukon Vet. Oh. It's a show that airs on Disney Plus. It's part of the National Geographic channel. Okay. And it features. Dr. Michelle Oakley and her family and she is a vet in the Yukon. She lives in Whitehorse and she travels back and forth between Yukon and Alaska and treats everything from, you know, your cats and dogs who live at home, your bunnies to wild reindeer and moose and everything. Big cats. Yeah. There's episodes where she's at the zoo in Calgary, at the zoo in Anchorage. And it's just a super fun show. It's something you could definitely watch for most people with the whole family. Yeah, totally. Yeah. My boys have been enjoying it. Uh, There's six seasons, so it's very bingeable. (laughs) Yes, totally. Yeah. It's really, really good. A friend of mine told me about it before Christmas, and I've been really, really loving that.
0: That is so great. And you said you found it on Disney Plus.
1: It's on Disney Plus. So I'm not sure whether it airs on the National Geographic channel. We don't have normal TV. So, but it's on Disney Plus for sure.
0: Okay. Tell me the title one more time so I can make sure we get it in the show notes for everybody. It's called Dr. Oakley, Yukon Vet. Sounds so great. I was so on offense about Disney Plus because I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) one more streaming service. Seriously, do we need one more? So when we were all so sick over Christmas during flu round one, the kids were like, can we get Disney Plus? Well, they have the seven day free trial. I was like, well, everyone's sick and nobody's like moving off the couch anyway. So let's try it. Oh my gosh. Everybody loves it, especially the twins. That is their go-to now on our Roku. They're like, put it on Disney Plus. They can always find something on there. So I'm like, all right, another streaming
1: service. But it's been really worth it so far for us. We've been watching it nonstop since Christmas, too. And this show, I think one thing that I really like about this show is that it's a strong female figure oh, yeah. who is doing science and the dynamic between her and her family and she has three daughters is really cool. So,
0: so great.
1: It really strikes that balance of she's really committed to her career, but it shows how she balances it with the busy family life. So great. Love it. Well, as it turns out I have
0: a thing to watch too. This is one that I just found on Netflix and it's a show called Next in Fashion. So this just came out, just dropped on Netflix. If you are a fan, as I was, of Project Runway <laughs> from the way back days, this will totally scratch that itch for Project Runway. It is that style of reality show and fashion design competition. I loved Project Runway from the very first episode that I ever saw. But even though, Jen, like in real life, I'm not like a fashion-y type person,
1: you know? <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched Project One Way, but I did just today see yeah. the trailer for Next, Next fashion, fashion. So, yes. Yeah, and it looked intriguing. It's very, very bingeable.
0: And it's so interesting to me what Netflix is doing with kind of putting their toe in the water of reality TV, because of course... You know, they have these big budget, like mega production scripted dramas and even comedies and stuff, but they've really started kind of putting some reality TV out there. I know The Circle is a big one that just came out. That's sort of like Big Brother style reality competition. So I was a little skeptical. I haven't really watched a lot of their reality TV programming because it is a different experience, I feel like, when you're just like sitting down and watching one episode after another, as opposed to, you know, like on Project Runway back in the old days before (laughs) streaming you get really invested in the characters over time and hear their stories. And I wasn't sure how this format was going to work, but I'm a couple of episodes into Next in Fashion and I am absolutely loving it. Just to give a little background on the show, it's hosted by Tan France and Alexa Chung. So Tan France from Queer Eye, which is another you know Netflix sort of reboot of a popular TV show from a long time ago. And then Alexa Chung is a designer and kind of just all around fashion-y person. They're very good together. I think they have good chemistry together and they have some really interesting judges, not the usual go-tos. I feel like one thing that is so great about what Netflix is doing with reality TV, at least I've seen on Next in Fashion, they seem to be really committed to a diverse cast. They've got some racial diversity going on. They have even one great thing is that instead of it just being like U.S.-based, they have a really international cast. So there are people from, you know, representing all these different countries. There's like an Italian designer, a Puerto Rican designer, which I know that's, you know, U.S. territory, but still brings some more, you know, diverse perspectives to the show. Just all kinds of different people coming in. And the interesting thing, too, that they're doing, at least in the beginning, is putting them in teams So you get that tension between the contestants and then the big competition and who gets eliminated. I have to say, I am genuinely surprised at how well, for me, again, as a longtime fan of Project Runway, how well this is coming together. It really feels like an updated, fresh and modern take on Project Runway.
1: So So if you're enjoying that, one I also recently watched on Netflix was Another Reality. Mm. I'm not sure if it's original Netflix. I can't remember, but it's called Glow Up. And it's a reality competition amongst makeup artists.
0: Ooh, that's totally up my
1: alley. Okay. I had not even heard of that one. So yes, it's totally up your alley. Exactly. Perfect. It's British. So it's based in the UK, but it is super, super fun as well. Same kind of thing. Lots of diversity, interesting judges, and I'm not in the makeup world, but my sister loves makeup and I really had fun watching it.
0: Okay. Good to know. So for that one, I'll have to turn on the subtitles so my hillbilly ears can understand what they're saying. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Right. (laughs) I forgot. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, but that sounds perfect and totally up my alley. I will put it on my list to check out after Next in Fashion. So we had some good watches, you guys, if you're getting cabin fever, if you're stuck inside this winter, Jen and I are serving up some ideas of stuff you can check out. So thank you, Jen, for that. It was so, so good. We will put links in the show notes for our awesomes of the week. Of course, you know, every week on Instagram, we have an awesome of the week thread going on over there so that you awesomes of Instagram can come find us and tell us what's awesome in your life. And of course, we do this every Friday in the sort of Awesome Hangout group. If you haven't joined us, we would really super love to have you make 2020 the year that you come over to the Hangout. Join us. We have some great things going on in there. Great community happening there. So if you haven't joined us, you can find us super easily on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. All right, Jen, like I said, I've been wanting to talk to you about this topic for a long time. And I honestly, here's why it's on my mind right now. Here we are moving into February. Lots of us towards the end of 2019 were maybe doing these projects that many of us do at the end of the year, maybe putting together some photo projects from our year and pictures from the year that had just passed. So whether it's a photo calendar or a new memory book or whatever, you know, at the end of the year is kind of when we're looking back on our pictures that we've taken through the years. I was putting together some photo projects and, you know, this was a pretty big year. We added a baby to our family. <laughs> there were a lot of pictures to go through. That's a big year. <laughs> Yes, totally. And one thing I noticed is how few pictures I am in. Now, of course, I have my selfies that I have for social media, but in terms of just like regular family life, day to day family life, I was noticing how few pictures that I'm in. And so I know this is a common issue that lots of us women have. And then specifically, sometimes moms get to where we're just behind the camera and we don't have any you know, photo evidence of what we were doing with our families, with our families in real time as it was happening through the year. So, you are a person who, like I said, I've seen you grow in this over the past you know, decade plus of our friendship because so much of our friendship has lived online that I've gotten to see so much of your work and your pictures and how you live this out over the years. You guys, Jen's pictures that she shares online, they are not just of her you know, kids doing things or like at school assemblies or whatever. She takes fantastic pictures. To give you some context of why I wanted Jen to come talk to us about it. She takes fantastic pictures where she is in the picture so there'll be a picture of like her you know doing her daily workout or you know getting ready to tackle a new project or out walking the dog you know just like real life this is my life and I know Jen I know you don't have an actual photographer following you around
1: (laughs) (laughs) no my sister's a professional photographer but other than doing our formal family portrait she does not follow me around (laughs) yes exactly exactly so let's just kind of start at the beginning.
0: When did you get started documenting your life as well as you do? Like, what was your inspiration? Tell us how sure. long you've been doing it and just kind of unfold the story for us of how you got into this.
1: Well, I mean, I've always loved photography from the time I was a little kid. You know, I think most yes. of us who were, you know, raised in the 70s, 80s, we had those few photo albums that our parents had with just those few photos of our family. And yeah. My sister and I used to spend hours poring over those. So I've always loved photography. It's always been a huge part of my life. I vividly remember the first camera I got and how excited I was. I did an exchange in high school. I shot 60 rolls of film. (gasps) Oh my (laughs) god! In my one year that I lived in Germany. Right. Literally thousands of photos before the days of thousands of photos, right? I've always loved photography. I started scrapbooking in 2004, just after we got married. My sister got me into it. And I think that's when I really started pairing photos with words, which is a big part of memory keeping for me. It's pairing the picture with the story. And then that's kind of evolved since there. I think really when you and I got to know each other online, that was kind of the start of where I am today because I started a blog. I was, you know, typical mommy blogger. I was becoming a mom and I was sharing photos of our everyday life, just like other people were doing. And I needed photography for that. And I was still still scrapbooking pretty regularly. Like I'm a pretty prolific scrapbooker.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes, you are. You guys, when Jen and her family lived in Oklahoma, I got to go hang out at her house. And she had the dream set up for a scrapbooker, this beautiful space, tons of space for all of your papers and your tools. And I mean, it was like right in the center of the house too. Like it was like, this is Jen's space and it was just out there. I loved that about you. And when I saw it, I was like, this totally makes sense for what I know (laughs) to be
1: true of you and your life. Yeah, we used the formal dining area as my scrap space. So it was really kind of at the yes. heart of our house. I love that about our house in Oklahoma. It was great. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you have a new baby, you're taking photos all the time anyway, right? Especially your oh, first, yes. I think. <laughs> it was the smartphones were starting to be a thing. I finally had a good camera. So I was taking tons of photos. But then in 2008, I kind of hopped on a bandwagon of photo a day which some people may have seen various people yeah. doing on the internet over the last little while, but it was really big kind of in 2007, 2008. So in 2008, wow. I took a photo every yeah. single day for 365 days. And that was really what got me started in mm. actively documenting everyday life. Because when you're taking a photo every day, there's not something magically exciting and you know right. story worthy happening every single day. So you start to document the little pieces yes of your life. So it forced me to like practice my photography skills. I got better at photography and it made me kind of look every day for little stories that I could tell with my camera. And it just got me in the habit of taking photos, which, you know, now we do anyway because of smartphones, but that was, you know, pre-smartphone, but I was already in the habit before I even owned a smartphone. So were you using like a DSLR in this? They Mostly. Yeah. 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 I had a DSLR and yeah, I guess, I, I guess they were, I, I didn't have a smartphone at that time. So yeah, they were all taken.
0: So I carried it everywhere with me. And that is commitment when you're taking a picture a day on a big girl camera. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I know. I think about it now and I still have a DSLR, but I rarely use it. So. Isn't that so amazing? Yeah. Because
0: of course, like, you know, 2007 era, You know, smartphones were just really beginning to come out. I know in that era, Kyle had a BlackBerry and we thought that was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And even as when iPhones were first, of course, coming out and other smartphones like that, you could take pictures, but it wasn't necessarily anything you'd want to. Yeah, the quality
1: wasn't great. Put in an album. Right. They weren't yeah. great for printing. So, yeah. and then I think at the same time, you know, the internet was exploding and one of the areas of the internet that was exploding was in scrapbooking was online classes. Oh. And so there was kind of a transition happening from everything being you know, crops that you go to and magazines and everything was kind of transitioning to the internet. So I was taking classes with some of my kind of scrapbook gurus Mm -hmm. who were kind of at the cutting edge of memory keeping and sharing their techniques Mm -hmm. online. And so I started following some of them. In particular, Allie Edwards is one of my favorite scrapbookers. And she does a lot of everyday life documentation. She has a couple projects that she does uh, week in the life, day in the life, which is really similar to Laura Tremaine's One Day HH. But most of the people who are doing these Allie Edwards projects are then translating those that online documentation into a physical form somehow. So, yeah, so I started doing those projects and then you're sharing what you're seeing what other people are doing online and how they're documenting and you just get ideas and kind of grow your own practice from there, I guess.
0: I love that. So I'm just curious if there was just, you know, was it just kind of like, I really enjoy photography and this seems like something I can do with all these photos? Because again, going back to your Germany trip, you've got literally thousands of photos. As somebody who enjoys photography, and I'm sure going back to the, you know, pre-digital days, of course, printing those out, but even moving into the digital timeframe, printing out these photos that you're taking was it kind of like, what do I do with all of this work? Was that sort of your impetus or your starting point for getting into scrapbooking? Or was it just like, this is a creative thing. This is like an extension of the creative thing I like to do with photography. What got you started with really like keeping track and becoming like more of a memory keeper focus with your work?
1: So initially, I think it was just something to do with photos. The very first scrapbook I ever made with my sister was our wedding album. And it had no story in it. It's literally just pictures, scrapbook, kind of what people might think of as like old school scrapbook pages with like, you know, photos cut into shapes and things like that. But after that, when I started telling stories, and I think part of that Mm, was social mm -hmm. media and the advent of being able to share a photo with some text, I think photography and documenting our everyday life It became a way for me to process my life. And especially because so many things were changing. We were starting a family. We're a military family. So we have moved every two to three years since we got married. Well, since we had kids, our first posting was five years. But every two to three years since we've had kids, we have been on the move. Mm -hmm. And just processing how that affects me as a person, the Photos help me do that. They help me look back and see where I've come from. In 2013, I did a year-long gratitude project in a kind of scrapbook-style format. Every day, I took a little Project Mm -hmm. Life card. And I know you guys have talked about Project Life a long time ago, I think, with Laura on the show. Every day, I jotted something I was grateful for on a Project Life card for all of 2013. So that documentation really helps me kind of focus on the good, recognize the bad, and just move through things. So I love that.
0: I'm processing that as you're saying it, <laughs> But I know is like really better. But seriously, that is such a beautiful mindset shift because I think for some of us who maybe have a little bit of a hard time, like actually taking action on things, the idea that the sort of purpose to what you're doing and that idea being processing your life, both as it's happening. And then I'm sure as you look back through the years, you can kind of yeah. revisit where you were, what you were thinking, like you were saying, like how you've changed since then, how your family's changed. It's a tangible way to really motivate some, you know, some much needed processing of life. That is such a really empowered and really inspiring way of looking at documenting your life. I love that.
1: It's just become part of who I am these days, right? And there's lots of questions about like even myself over Christmas this year, I took a break from social media and that was good, for us as a family. And for me, I needed that little break away from social media. But at the same time, I looked back and I was like, yeah, captions of like pictures (laughs) on Instagram. So I'm missing for that, you know, month long period, that documentation. And obviously, you know, social media is not the only way that you can get those words down. But it's been the way that I've done it quite a long time. So, you know, just in those few weeks, I didn't necessarily move to another medium, so.
0: Well, if you think about it too, social media kind of serves the dual purpose of both recording for your own self, the captions and the words, the thoughts that you want to put together for that moment, but also it's community building amongst your friends and your family who have connected with you on social media. So it kind of is doing two things at once if you're using social media in that way. So that's kind of a a good way to look at it. Social media is not all that all the time.
1: No, definitely, (laughs) definitely not. Okay, well, here is like the
0: crux of what I want to ask you, Shed. All of us who have smartphones have a camera, almost all of (laughs) us have a selfie camera on our phones. We understand how to take a selfie. I think that taking selfies are really good. I kind of fell off in January because I got so sick, but I've been doing this lipstick of the day project where I... I'm amazed that you have that many lipstick shades. It's wonderful. It's embarrassing. Let's all be embarrassed for me for how no, many I it's have. so much fun. I love it. I have been taking a selfie, you know, like almost every day, especially, and I need to get back up on so I can finish that project. I've never taken so many selfies in my life, but you know, it is kind of like a challenge of like, what setting can I be in? You know, just kind of like figuring out all these different things. So all of us know, are pretty familiar with selfies, but I need to know, Jen, how specifically, what is your setup? How are you taking such fantastic pictures? Again, you have an extensive background in photography, so there's that. But like, how are you taking such great pictures of yourself just living everyday life? Like there was one, a recent one, I know you said you took a break at Christmas, but I I think it was maybe a little bit before Christmas of you guys just having family dinner. And it's just you and Nate and the boys and you're at the table and you're eating and there's no sign of like a camera, tripod or anything in sight. Yeah. And it's totally natural. It does look like you had a photographer in your home, like snapping pictures of everyday life. So tell me, how are you doing this?
1: So it's not rocket science. There okay. are two things. You need to figure out how to use a remote shutter for your okay. phone. And there's a couple of ways to do that. And second, you just have to set your phone down somewhere. That's literally all it is. I set my phone on the counter. I set my phone on the floor. I set my phone on the ground outside. The little like spaces between sections of sidewalk, your phone will balance in there, and you can get you know a shot of you walking, your family walking, that kind of thing. I literally just set my phone down, Mm -hmm. and you can either use most all smartphones, whether and I did Google a little bit because I use an iPhone, but Androids have you know all of them have a delay. Shutter, so you could run into the photo if you needed to. You just you know, set it for ten seconds. Oh, that's shutter smart. button, and then run into the photo. But I use my Apple Watch. It's probably the main reason that I have and love an Apple Watch is because there's a remote shutter on your Apple Watch. So I'm sure other smartwatches probably have similar features or apps that you could download. I've done this in the
0: past. I've lost it, yes. but you can get a little. Just like on Amazon, just like a little remote. Yeah, like $10 on Amazon. Exactly. Like I said, I got one a long time ago. It's like probably in my junk drawer in the kitchen, honestly, but I know you can find them on Amazon. Yeah, I
1: took a quick look because I was like, they must have those for phones. Like I use my smartwatch. Yeah. And apparently another thing you can do on Apple is that, you know how on an an iPhone, you can use the up volume button to take a photo. Oh, yeah. Uh So if you have a headset plugged in and some Bluetooth headsets, the up... Button on a headset will work to take a camera if the photo, okay. if the camera app is open. So that could yeah. probably have a headset, a Bluetooth headset. You could check to see if that works. So yeah, remote shutter is your friend. Right, and you just set your camera down, and some of the photos you get are not going to be great, and some of them are fine. So
0: I guess that's what I was wondering too. Like when you're doing these setups and you're, you know, using your watch or whatever to hit the shutter. Are you taking like 10 shots or, you know, taking a a bench just, you know, thinking at least one of these might work? What does that look like?
1: So on an iPhone, when you use the remote shutter, unless you're like pressing the button and it'll take one shot, but if you want the delay so that it will be a more natural scene, it does take a burst of photos. Okay, So you do get a lot of photos that way. And I usually just go right back and, you know, pick one of them because they'll all look fairly similar and delete the rest so that I don't end up with tens of thousands of photos on my phone. I'm not super picky. And I think that's really part of documenting your life is just trying to let go of some of that control and just go with the flow. So take a photo, maybe take a second one okay, and then move on. Some of them you're going to love, some of them you're not. You know, I try not to look too closely. Like you said, you're not in the photos all the time. So I try really hard not to, you know, look at it and be like, hi, right. hey, my whole looks out of place yes. or whatever. I'm in the photo and my kids aren't looking yes. at those details. And when I go back in 10 years, I'm not looking at it and saying, like, oh, I look kind of wonky in that photo. I'm just like, yeah, this is, yes. this is my life. I see that house I lived in. I see you know, you know our dog who's gone now, I see the friends yeah. that, and we move every few years. So that makes a big difference too, right? I'm like, you know, there's that picture of me and Meg when we went out to coffee. Like, I try not to worry about those details.
0: I think that is so important because I know I am the worst about this when it comes to like, oh, I don't want to be in the picture. I noticed this as I was looking at pictures from when Nico was a newborn, which we have a ton of, but there was some that Kyle had taken on his phone. And I'd be like, don't, I don't want to be in this one, but just, you know, just get the baby and not even, you know, he's seven months old. I already regret that. I wish I had more pictures with him when he was a newborn, but I was feeling so uncomfortable with myself, of course, being freshly postpartum. And I'm like, that is so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) yes, I was freshly postpartum. And that's okay to have documentation of what life looked like right then. In fact, it reminds me of one of my very favorite candid pictures of our life from, you know, the past 10 years or so was when the twins were, they were older than Nico. They were probably like 10 months old. They were still in high chairs, but they were definitely not fully toddlers yet. And I had two high chairs set up in the kitchen And I was feeding them. And there's just this picture that one of the girls took. I had on a sweatshirt. My hair was up. I had dark circles under my eyes. I looked a wreck. But I am, it's just this like still shot of me with a spoon getting ready to put a a bite of food. I guess they were probably younger if I was still feeding them with a spoon. So maybe they were more like Nico's age. Anyway, I'm feeding them. I'm, you know, looking at them and smiling and it's the back of their heads. And it's, you know, I'm facing the camera sort of looking at them. And the kitchen's a mess. And it's just like this perfect shot of what it was like to have twin, twin infants. Fiddlers.
1: Yeah, <laughs> infants. Yeah.
0: And I love that picture. Now, I'm sure when I first looked at it, that when that picture was taken, I was probably like, ugh, you know, I look overweight. Somebody told me my hair was a mess or, you know, the circles under my eyes right when it was freshly taken. But now years later, looking back, I am so thankful I have that picture. And I don't even think I look like a mess. I think I look like, oh my gosh, I was doing it. I had two infants and I did it. I and have this that is photo, photo evidence that that really happened.
1: <laughs> yeah. You look like a mom who's nourishing and nurturing her kids. Like that's what it's all about. So yeah. I mean, and there's things that you can do, I think, to get good shots, like pay attention to the light. Yeah. You know, those are just photography skills. There's lots of little things that, you know, watching where the light is, trying to get natural light whenever you can. It's not always possible. And my choice is always the photo over the perfect photo. Okay. Look for that. Look for light. One of the simplest photography kind of rules is the rule of thirds. So if you picture a normal like landscape photo or a a vertical photo and divide it into thirds each, both up and down. So nine boxes. When you set up your photo, anytime Mm -hmm. that you have the main subject of your photo at one of those grid intersections, that's always going to draw the eye to that subject. Your eye automatically yeah. goes mm-hmm. to the third. Or if you have a horizon, you put it along the bottom yeah. third line or the top third line. Like So if you look up, you can Google the rule of thirds and get a really basic understanding of it and some great examples. And just little things like that make for great photos without a lot of work.
0: Yeah, it really does make a difference. And we there's so many fantastic apps now that, you know, you can like put the grid on top of it and crop it down to where it just, you know, sometimes just the slightest adjustment to a photo, the way it was taken can totally change the impact that the photo has because that rule of thirds is like so universal in what the eye is drawn to. So one more quick question, because I do, speaking of apps, I want to ask you about some of that, but I do want to know too, so things like, let's talk about like just that family dinner shot. Are you thinking to yourself ahead of time, like, you know what, today would be a great day. I really want to grab a picture of us having dinner together. Or is it a thing, it's so like do it like a setup before you guys sit down to eat? Or is it a thing where it's like, you know what, this would be a great picture. And then you kind of get your stuff out and take a picture really quickly. Or is it maybe a combination of the two things?
1: I think it's really a combination I am frequently doing these projects, the week in the life, day in the life, one day HH, things like that, where I'm consciously thinking ahead of time about the types of photos that I'd like to document, that I'd like to capture. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just a moment or I haven't taken a photo in a little while. Sometimes it's the light or we're having a good time and I want to tell the story. Yeah. My family is pretty patient because I do talk a lot with them about what documenting and what photography means to me. Um, you know, even as the kids get a little older, they understand that this is just part of who mom is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's just that they're in a mood to allow me to take photos and right. we, we go with it. And, you know, other times they're not. Right.
0: And, you know, as my kids have gotten older, and I know with Nate being AJ's age, I'm sure you guys are kind of beginning to navigate this too. AJ really, really, really does not want to be on my social media. And I really respect that. You know, she's a sixth grader and for a while now has fully been like, I don't want to be on Facebook or Instagram. So but so that means that whenever she sees me taking a picture, she's like, no, no, no. And so I've had to like really make clear, this is just for me. This is just for family. Nobody's going to see this besides us. And that kind of puts her at ease a little bit. But, you know, as our kids get older, I think it is something for us to navigate. How much do we, you know, how much do we put out there of them? And that's a bigger conversation, but it definitely changes because here's, you know, Nico can't even, he can just sit still, (laughs) not sit still, but you know, he's just sitting on a a mat playing. He doesn't, (laughs) he's not going anywhere and he's not objecting and those types of things. But as they get older, there it's more of a conversation, I think,
1: between. I think, though, you know, that's an issue that is talked about in the scrapbooking world lots, right? Because kids getting older, teenagers, scrapbookers still want to document. And there's a yeah, lot yeah, yeah. for other ways of capturing your kids, taking mm-hmm. a picture of their things, taking a picture of their backpacks, taking a picture You know, if you can get, if you can snap pictures of them where they're kind of more in the background and not right up close, you can, or with them, with the back to you maybe, right? Like, you you know, taking a picture, looking over Daisy's shoulder while she's playing the bass, you know, looking down at the music that she's playing. She doesn't even have to be in focus, but you're still capturing the essence of her. You know, like I got a picture the other day, my dad was here, um, for the first time to see Owen, my youngest son, Owen at Taekwondo and Owen was really excited. So I managed to get a picture of my dad just kind of looking into the dojo. So Owen's in the background. It's not super in focus, but you get the whole story in the picture.
0: Right. Oh, that's so smart. I love that. So
1: powerful. So sometimes just changing the perspective, um, you know, shooting down over top of your subject or just shooting part of them as a, a detail, is a weight. Right. Tell a different part of the story.
0: Exactly. Oh my gosh, that's a great tip. Thank you, Jen, for that. I had not even thought about that, but that is super helpful for those of us who have kids or who even if our kids aren't old enough to mm. say, yeah, that's okay to put on Instagram or whatever. Lots of us just kind of philosophically grapple with is this okay, but I love this idea of maybe making it, like you said, just changing the perspective so it still tells the story that yeah. maybe still respects their privacy. That is so smart. So smart. Okay, last thing. For those of us who may be totally new to really being intentional about documenting our lives, we want to do it better that we're brand new and we are not ready to jump into those, you know, big Projects, time yep. scrapbooking classes or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Where do you think is a good jumping off point?
1: I think there's so many options out there right now that it can be a little bit overwhelming. So I think my first yes. advice would be start somewhere and don't worry about it being perfect. You know, okay. even if you're doing a photo book, Maybe just do a photo book of, you know, pick part of your year or one topic. Don't worry about having to go through an entire year's worth of photos because anything you put in that book is going to be better than nothing. So that's part of it. Yes. Chat books, if you're using Instagram or Facebook, I think they connect to Facebook too. If you're, so if you're using social media and documenting things in captions, chat books is a super Cheap way to get a book, and you can select the option to include your social media captions mm-hmm. in your printed book. So that's a really easy way to get part of the story as well as the photos. Uh huh. Yeah, and they're, it's not expensive, right? Right. You can do some pretty unique things too. So if you want to be a little more intentional about what you're sharing on social media, you can create unique hashtags for individual members of your family. And chat books will allow you to pull just that hashtag. Okay, um, yes, I remember that
0: now. Yeah,
1: yeah, you could do, you know, Pete's family life or something and just tag those, family life photos, and then pull them into, into a book. So smart. Or printing, you know, if you took part in One Day HH, just printing those photos, putting them into a little four by six album, and just documenting a little bit of your day with some journaling. So I think everything is, photos are more valuable when you have some words to the story. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah,
0: interesting. Listen, as you get older.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you think you'll remember, right? <laughs> you're to remember. You're like, there's no way I'll forget this. And then you're looking back and you're like, wait. I forget. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> what, what was going on here. <laughs> I forgot, yeah. Project Life is a great way too. Like I know Laura used yeah. the app in the past. So there may be people using the app. That's a great way to do it. I personally don't love typing out okay. my journaling on the app, but I have ordered the pages to put into an album, and then I just go back with a Sharpie, yeah, like a permanent pen, and just write the journaling straight, even on the photo prints, you can write the journaling straight on there.
0: Oh, very cool.
1: If you don't want to, you know, type everything into your phone or whatever.
0: Right. So smart. The other
1: app that I yeah. think is really great for capturing, especially if you're not sharing on social media, is the Day One app. Yes allows you to capture, you know, just a picture every couple days, put some journaling in there. Very,
0: very helpful stuff. I'm going to put links in the show notes for these things that you've mentioned. This is super helpful. Before we wrap up, and I do so appreciate your time and you're like so busy, you guys have got so much going on. Any just like closing thoughts for people as we're thinking about, again, this really just come from a point of like pain for me of being like, oh my gosh, this was such a big year in our family's life. And I myself am just not, there's not a lot of photographic evidence of
1: <laughs> of the year
0: and just kind of overcoming that resistance to being in front of the camera. And then, you know, sort of following through with documenting life, any kind of closing thoughts you have for us?
1: I think the best advice is, Try not to focus on looking backwards on what you mm-hmm. have or haven't done okay. up to this point and focus on moving forward. So you know that maybe you didn't get yourself in as many photos as you would have liked in Nico's first year, but you know what? He's like not even a year old. You have so many more years to document. And what, so when you think about it that way, when he's 20, if he has one or two photos of you guys from yeah. his first year, that's yeah. going to be great you know, as long as he has a few from every year. And I think this is just something that we as women especially struggle with. There's no magic answer for that, except taking a deep breath, pushing past Mm -hmm. past it, following those people who you want to emulate in terms of being, you know, authentic in their lives and just trying things out because For most of us, no one is out there looking at our documentation and being like, oh, they missed that detail or (laughs) that their outfit totally clashes. They're still wearing their pajamas at noon. Like, no.
0: So, you know what? That is so true. And that's such a good point, Jen. Every now and again, I have to go through my Instagram feed and just unfollow some accounts, not because they are doing anything offensive, but because it is reinforcing some message that I have that if I share something, it has to be perfect. And I think that putting more accounts in my feed that really do, like you said, show the authenticity of life, or just like natural documenting life kind of accounts, that's really helpful for me to overcome the worry about like, oh, this isn't perfect. I shouldn't take a picture of this. And two, I'll tell you what has been a huge help is looking at my parents' photo albums. Long, long, long before you could check to see how a picture came out, like just whatever was what you, you, got you got back. back. <laughs> the photo developer is what you got i can remember pictures from christmas mornings past when i was a child my mother being in a robe like a zip up velour robe not a stitch of makeup on hair a skew you know hair oh. a mess <laughs> But she's looking at the camera and holding us with our, our toys and smiling. And I treasure those pictures so much. I don't care a yeah. bit that it's not a perfect picture. So looking back at those memories no. that I have to treasure is a good reinforcement for myself. My kids aren't going to care. They just want to see what life was like
1: during these years. Yeah, that's exactly it, right? And I think that's the argument yeah. too for sometimes stepping back and getting those bigger shots because you see more yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. Selfie is great. But a selfie is just your face. <laughs> yes. Those bigger picture shots, they show what your furniture looked like and what you were eating and what you were wearing, even if that was like really bad 90s. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Friends Oh my like that's okay because, you know, we should also document the horrible things our children are wearing now to show them when they're 40. <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's so true my kids I love 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 to look at my
0: pictures from high school they're like
1: what is going on what is that yeah I am committing to taking photos so that they can also feel that awkwardness (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic oh my goodness Jen okay this has been so helpful and first of all you know it's just so awesome for us to
0: get to catch up I love it, but this has been super helpful. I'm so thankful that you took it the time so much to fun. prepare some thoughts for us and, and come to sort of awesome to inspire us to be better documenters of our own lives. For anybody who wants to check out what you're doing with documenting your life, where's a good place where you can find you on social media?
1: So you can always find me on Instagram. My uh, Instagram name is germangirl with a J. So J-E-R-M-A-N-G-I-R-L. That's okay, German girl. On Instagram, so you can see all my embarrassing me in my pajama photos. There, good. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I,
0: I mean, I know I'm biased because I love Jen so much, but really, she has a great feed and really good inspiration for just like shots that you wouldn't think. Oh yeah, I should grab a shot of us having family dinner, or whatever the thing is. And then also, you are in the hangout group for people who want to kind of have like follow up conversation yeah. and stuff. Okay.
1: Yeah, I am in the hangout group. Happy to chat everything memory keeping. <laughs>
0: Okay. Awesome. Well,
1: Awesomes, remember that you can find me
0: on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. The show's over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod, and you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Jen, thank you again so much for coming to Sorta Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Awesomes. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer, and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer, and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to SortaAwesomeShow.com.